Hello and you're very welcome to another episode of the OFF TV podcast. Today's guest is a very special one, Public of Ireland, under 21, international captain, Jason Malumbi, who's currently playing at Millwall Football Club in the Championship on loan for Paul Balvin. And Jason has been enjoying an absolutely fantastic season, his first real breakthrough season after being 15 months out with injury. He speaks about how the injury really affected him and the likes of Shane Duffy really kept him on track. And now he's came back since the two-long tournament with the Republic Court, under 21. Stephen Kenny making him captain and going on to become one of the hottest and brightest prospects in the under 21 squad. He's certainly one to look out for. Make sure to check out the podcast, make sure to like it, subscribe, and give it a four-star rating. Here we go. Jason, how are you keeping? Yeah, I'm all right. Yeah, yourself? I'm good, thanks. A uh, bit of a hectic day, but uh, delighted to be getting in and chatting with yourself. Um, how have you been coping? I see the hair's got, grown a bit of length there, and uh, you've been doing a lot of running down by the beach. So how have you been keeping? Yeah, I've been keeping all right, yeah. Um, it's just after growing back, to be fair, my hair. i got a little uh, boost thing all over, so um, happy it's after growing back before this. But um been all right, yeah, just trying to stay fit and doing a bit here and there, you know. We have... Um, the program at Millwall at the moment, which we're following. So, if and when the the season starts back up, we're, we're good to go. Yeah, well, talk to me about that. Uh, the the five k. I mean, I looked at your time and I was like, all oh, right, well, I, I might I might get like twenty twenty five. I was looking at, and you got like I think sixteen or seventeen minutes. Yeah, it was seventeen something. I think yeah, it was uh, low seventeen. But yeah, just trying to work on my fitness and use this time to get fitter, and that's. Yeah, my forte running around, I suppose. Well, fair play to you. It was a very impressive time. It's it's something to be admired anyway. But uh, we said we'd get you on and talk about your career. We've had, I don't know how many of your teammates and that on. So uh, yeah, we said we'd get you on. What's that? There's been a few of them on already. Yeah, I've seen that. A few of the boys. Yeah. All top men, by the way. But uh, we all got them on to talk about their careers and stuff like that. So we said we'd get you on. It took a, a little bit of... Uh, what would I say, persuasion, but we got you on in the end, and uh, yeah, I suppose, talk me through your earliest memories, um, growing up in Capa Queen, and your earliest memories of football. Yeah, um, so basically I grew up in a, a little village in Cap Quinn, County Waterford, and yeah, since day one, all I knew was uh, football really, and it's kind of a big GAA stronghold where I'm from in, uh, in Waterford, you know, and there wasn't much opportunity for, for football, I suppose, growing up. But, uh, yeah, since since I could remember, all I wanted to do was kick a, kick a ball around. And um, I played with my local team for since I was five, six years of age. And I used to just love kicking a ball. And uh, every day after school, I'd do anything, you know, to, to finish my homework or just sack it off and go out on the street and kick a ball around. And was there a particular moment that kind of stood out that got you into football, like on the TV, maybe a World Cup or, or going to a match, actually? Um, not a particular moment, I would say, but um, my uncles were big Liverpool fans growing up, so um, I probably remember the the Champions League, Liverpool, that's probably my earliest memory. And uh, after that, I think the 06 World Cup, I think, so it's probably them two that I remember as my earliest memories and... Uh, my uncles kind of took me from there and my older brother as well. Um, I kind of looked up to him because he was playing a lot of football. He was a few years older than me and just wanted to, to get involved, really. 
And was that something that you took on then? Would you go out and play football with your brother and mix it with the older lads? Yeah, I was always pretty much playing with the older boys and I got um, kicked around a few times. You know, My brother and I had a few few scraps up in the pitch and yeah, a few of the older boys as well. But it was, it was good. We, we used to have a have a good little group going around. You know, There'd be a few, few of the older boys knocking the door when eight, nine years of age and we'd go up to the pitch and... You know, have a little mini World Cup or whatever. So uh, it was good. Do you think that's missing in society these days? I do, and I look over to the field. I grew up similar to you. Um, you know, always a ball, always on the field, and you just yeah. don't really see it anymore. I, I find it frustrating. Yeah, I, I can see where you come from there. Even uh, I have a little brother at home now, and he's getting to that age where he's seven or eight, and um, all he wants to do is uh, play video games. You know, and he's kind of <laughs> think that's the modern day kid now you know and they're, they're not too focused on being outside and you know what i mean kicking the ball around so probably is yeah after after losing a little bit well you'll have to have a word with them but who was your uh footballing hero when you were when you were growing up who did you idolize um i suppose stephen Gerrard. obviously uh i was a big liverpool fan like so growing up it was probably stephen Gerrard for me who just absolutely loves you know and I think as as no Irish players then go, I think uh, Roy Keane probably. Not, not even so. I watched many games of Roy Keane, you know, I've seen him a lot play, but um, just hearing stories from uncles and everything, and you hear stories about Roy Keane growing up. So he was probably the, the main one, yeah. Well, you still hear stories about Roy Keane to this day, like as in as a footballer, like so many of his ex-teammates come out and say what an influence he had on the team and stuff like that. And so many players looked up to him. But it's similar in a way, I suppose, Paul McGrath, you know, people yeah. would talk about him in a similar type of way, you know. Yeah, definitely Paul McGrath as well. You know, um, my uncle's definitely his, uh, his their favourite player is Paul McGrath. They used to tell stories about, obviously, World Cups and... Italia 90, I think it was, with Baggio and different things. So, um, yeah, everyone oh, in my family we, oh, loved Paul McGrath. So, I think he was the he was the main one for them. And so. Yeah, well, talk me through your, your schoolboy, your, your development as a schoolboy and kind of the clubs you were at as you made your way up to, to signing your first pro contract. Yeah, so um, basically just played with my local town uh, railway for... Um, till I was 16, I think, and I had a one year down in Villa with, um, in the city with the best club in Watford, basically, so um, that was down the city, about 45 minute drive for me, and uh, it was a lot for me, uh, my mother at the time to, you know, go up and down the road with uh, me and my brother, but um, she did it, and it was always railway, though, uh, we were playing in, like, Division 3, 4 down in uh, down in the Waterford League, so um, I think, yeah, the standard wasn't great, and even when I was under 11, I think I was playing against Villa C team and stuff, so I was playing against, like, nine, eight-year-olds, you know, that were being chucked in, and, um, yeah, just when I got to the age then where I thought, you know, I could get something out of it, I suppose I went down to the city and played with Villa for a year, and, yeah, it was good. You you would have been at uh, Villa. Lee O'Connor grew up there as well. Came through the ranks there too, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. I played with Lee. Yeah, played with Lee for a year down Villa and played with Watford and stuff. So um, obviously Lee's a year younger than me, but I'd be quite close with Lee. And you know, we're, we're good pals from come from the same area. And, yeah, it's nice to see you know from Watford, especially because it's not really such a huge stronghold. I wouldn't say for um 
producing the Irish players. Yeah, well, the the main one that they did was John O'Shea. He wasn't a bad one. Was he someone you looked up to as well? Oh, of course, yeah. Remember, um, there used to be a tournament down Ferrybank where where John John O'Shea grew up, and um, I think it was seven or eight, and uh, he he used to come over in the summer when he at the time he was playing with with United, and he'd be around hundreds of kids, and you know he'd be queuing up for hours just to try to get a picture and an autograph of of John O'Shea and stuff, and he was brilliant to all all of us kids at the time. But um, yeah, definitely he was hundred percent looked up to him and. You know, he's an Irish legend, so. Yeah, well, um, kind of, did you find it hard, you know, the way you're saying you're kind of come from a, a fairly rural area moving into the city then, was that hard? And you said your mum kind of travelling around. Was that, It must have been hard for her bringing you around at the same time. Obviously, it's paid off now, but at the time, what were you kind of thinking at that age? Yeah, obviously, um, it was really tough, you know. Um, my brother was... Um, Playing football as well in Hurling with the, the county and stuff for, uh, for Waterford. And um, yeah, we relied a lot on um, my mother, I think, and she used to have to bring us into the city good four or five times a week minimum, you know. And um, she, if she'd come home from work at four o'clock, you know, get the dinner down for train maybe at six o'clock and or half five or whatever. So I'd be in and out the door straight away for her. And um, yeah, it was tough for her. And she just, she, I think she just did it for for us because we loved doing it and we, you know, it was all that we wanted to do was um was play for our county, so underage county level and stuff for the Kennedy Cup and this that and the other. We were down the city train and um she used to drive us everywhere really. So, well, fair play to her. I'm sure she's delighted to see how well you're doing right now. Your um your time then from Villa. Where did your career go from there? What age were you went to Villa? Because I imagine everything went up from there. Yeah, um, I went to Villa under 15s, I think, and um, it was pretty much recommendation of the oil managers, really. You know, um, I think it was Tom O'Connor at the time was asking me where I was playing and stuff, and I was telling him, like, yeah, I'm playing in Division 3 in Waterford, sort of thing, you know. So uh, I wasn't even in top division in Waterford, and he kind of said, look, you need to be playing at a better level every week just to, to keep improving and stuff. So I moved down to Villa and... Um, yeah, it was good. I enjoyed it for a year, you know, because obviously playing the SFOI competitions and stuff, and I think got to quarterfinal or something, which was which was very good. But um, I think uh, my first trials came with Ireland were under 15s. I got called up for a squad that was to to go to Holland and um, played friendly game at home, and from then um, Blackburn got in touch, and that was my first trial across sea, and. Um, yeah, from then then on, I suppose, I was just absolutely tuned in to football and just wanted it so bad, so I gave it everything. Was that when you kind of, not to give you a big head or anything, but was that when you kind of started getting noticed and you realised you were quite good at football? Not that you didn't obviously know, but you know what I mean. Yeah, well, you don't really know, do you know what I mean? You kind of, you hope and pray that, um, you know, if someone takes a liking to you and thankfully, you know, um, Blackburn won me on trial and... Um, I think that was when I first, yeah, basically got first got noticed and first started to kind of believe that, you know, it's the start of it now that I need to try and get across and hopefully impress the club to, to get a contract. And, um, yeah, really enjoyed it. And then from there, I had a few other clubs came through and um, eventually Brighton, where, where I signed. And, yeah, I'm still here now. So um, really enjoyed it here as well. 
See, Richie, Richie Towell was on with me yesterday and he was talking about the setup at Brighton and, uh, you know, he'd been at Celtic and Hibs, which were massive clubs. And then he was like saying to his agent, ah, yeah, well, he was like, I think his agent said, wait till you see the facilities here. Like, you're going to have to sign here, really knuckle down. And he was kind of thinking, as I said, you know, I've been at Hibs, I've been at Celtic. But he said once he's seen the training ground, got shown around, he was, he was sold. What was it for you? 100%. Probably that as well, you know. Um, when I was going on trial to Brighton first, um, John Morland with the the academy manager, he actually came to to the Galway Cup, which um I was playing with Ireland in the 16s, and that's when I first got my trials to to Brighton, you know. Um, and when he was talking about it, saying oh the training ground, this that and the other, I was kind of thinking, you know, I've been to Birmingham, West Brom, Villa, few few places, and I thought. Couldn't be much much better than these places, but it absolutely blew me out of the water. How how good it was, and it was, people there were were just brilliant since since day one. And um, yeah, everything about it, I just loved and still love it here now. So he said he said the exact same thing. Now obviously there's a a good Irish influence there, and as you said with John there. Um, but what was it like? Because I knew I know you you ended up signing there, and then. You were sharing a house, or you were living together anyway with uh, Dan Mandre. What was that like? Yeah, that was good. Yeah, Dan's uh, Dan's probably the best mate from from football. From living with him for I think three years over here, so he's uh, one of my best best friends in, in football. And um, I recently moved over, and uh, one of the reasons I moved to Brighton was there was loads of Irish there. You know, um, Chris Hewton obviously was the the manager at the time. John Moran was academy manager, so. Good Irish connection, and there was I think seven or eight underage from the twenty threes down in Brighton, and um, yeah, we all just clicked straight away. Like all the Irish lads, we kind of have a little little gang around around training ground where we'd all look out for each other, and um, that was brilliant. It's really good, and uh, yeah, Dan, is, yeah, Dan is just Dan, and he's um, probably the best tech player I still played with to this day. <laughs> You know he's he's unbelievable and he's doing really well at bowls now and um yeah he's starting to kick on as well for himself. It's funny because when I said it to uh, Aaron Connolly, I mentioned Dan's name. Is immediately he started smiling like you there, but uh, I can only imagine the mischief that he got up to in that three years. But uh, you know uh, he he used to go on. Or actually, Aaron went on about how that Dan used to wind you up so much. Wind me up. Yeah. Yeah, Dan he said every day he'd be winding you up. <laughs> yeah, Dan used to wind, wind everyone up, but um, nah, we were, we were good mates and we had a had a laugh. You know, me him and I probably had a had a bit of banter between each other for a while, and uh, we're still good mates too. So it's good. But um, there's another lad as well came over that we were quite close with. It was uh Thomas Bourne from um from Shelburne. I think he, he played had a year at Shelburne and um, a few other clubs back in League One, but uh. He's a great character as well, and we had a really good Irish connection at the training ground, so it was really enjoyable around the place. How how much do you think that is important? You know, especially with yourself going over to England, probably not knowing anyone until you got there, but having the Irish lads around. I think some players who go over to different clubs, they don't really have anyone there. It could be very you know tough and lonely place starting out, especially digs and that. Like you know, yeah, look. Uh, yeah, definitely. I think it was a huge factor. I went to, um, could have went to Birmingham and uh, West Brom were kind of the two other main ones that I really wanted to, to, to probably join. But um, 
the Irish connections and them two clubs were great as well, but I just didn't feel feel you know that connection to have with the the staff at Brighton and everyone around the place. They were just absolutely brilliant, and obviously, like I said, the facilities second to none. But um, the people that are working in in, in the club and in the training ground are brilliant people, you know, and they really want to help you and try to develop you as a as a player and a person. So. Yeah, you also told me uh, privately that you know Shane Duffy has also been a huge influence, and I know how much of an influence he's been on Aaron as well. It must be great having someone who's, I suppose, in an Irish term, he's he's so well thought of at the club as well. Yeah, of course, Duff. Since he first came in, you know, he just as soon as he heard your Irish voice, you know, we all knew obviously, you know, Shane Duffy's after sign for the club and what good player he was and stuff, and um. As soon as he he heard an Irish voice, he just come up straight straight away talking to you, and he catch you in a headlock or something, you know, and just have a chat. But yeah, he was brilliant. Um, you know, I have actually a story with us where, you know, when I when I done my knee, I was probably I was going out a bit too much, and you know, my head was was in the bin really. And this was probably eight or nine months in to my injury, where uh, you know, I just gotten told again that um, you know, I need another operation sort of thing, and Remember Duff's caught me on a on a night out or we were in the bar or something and uh, yeah, he kinda gave me gave me a few words so he did just to get me back on track, I think. But he, since day one he's just looked out for the Irish boys, I think and he's a he's a great role model for us, you know. Obviously captain his country and stuff, which is the highest you can you can achieve really. And the thing is, he kinda went from and I said this to him when I had him on, is he went from someone who was 50-50 to get to the Euro squad to probably being our most important player if you look at probably the last couple of months in qualifying. Yeah, yeah, he's been excellent, you know, and especially, I think, even when he had the armband, you know, seeing that last game against, who the last game was? Denmark. Denmark, yeah, Denmark at home, I think it was, and, you know, his performance there even, and you can tell how much he means from how he, how he conducts himself on the pitch, and he's... He's wholehearted, um, even more so for playing playing for his country, and he's he's been huge for Ireland the last few years. And as a fan, obviously looking at it, you know, it's been brilliant. Yeah, yeah well, I even said to me, he reminds me of like Richard Dawn. He's you know, that type of importance to the team now. But it's great that he's taken it. Like he does that with Aaron as well. He's you know he he um he I, he basically said he didn't want you guys to make the same mistakes that he did and it was great that he came over and I'm sure you've taken them words on board but I want to talk to you on a kind of more positive note about your debut and how, how nice that was and the build up to the week was Chris Hewton telling you you're going to be playing and did you bring your family over that type of stuff so give us the whole kind of insight from your perspective yeah um, so I'd, um, I travelled away to, to Leicester I think a few days before and um, didn't make the bench for the Premier League game against Leicester. And uh, I think Steve Sidwell and Ram Coyal were injured, two centre mids at the time. And um, yeah, I pretty much knew, you know, I have a good chance of playing the Carabao Cup. Um, it was against Baroness. And I think me and, me and Az, Aaron made our, made our debut the same day, actually. And uh, yeah, it was just absolutely buzzing. I couldn't even put it into words, you know, and it went really well for me, you know. Obviously, you don't know how you cope until you're you're put in the first team competitive match. But um, yeah, it went really well for me. And uh, my uh, my mum got flew over as well by the by the club. She didn't tell me anything because she knew it would probably distract me a little bit. But she was there after the game, which was, which was really nice as well. 
That's lovely. Did you ever foresee being the kid at Villa to play into Brighton in that short span of time? Because that's what, two, three years, maybe two years, three years? Uh, yeah, I, I was just after turn 18 with a few days, I think. So um, there's a lot going on at, at that time. I think I just passed my driving test as well. So everything was kind of going at the one, once for me. And um, yeah, I was just 18 and it, it was brilliant and I was over the moon. Yeah, so kind of, I don't want to go from high to low here too quick, but from that point, obviously, you're breaking through. You know, you're breaking through a lot a lot quicker than a, a lot of the players, I suppose, in the Irish setup now. So how frustrating was that kind of going from getting in, as you said, life's gone really, really well, and then getting that injury? Yeah. Uh, I'm, not sure, I'm not sure how long you were out for. Was it 15 months? Yeah, 15 months, I think, yeah. So, yeah, um... So made my debut, and um, I remember uh, it was literally a few days after my debut against Barna, I was I was training again, and uh, it was the day before the 23s game, I think, and I was I was due to play, and uh, literally done my knee, um, my MCL, I had a little tear in my MCL, which I had a few knee problems up up till then on my right knee, and uh, and I was out for two three weeks with that, and I think. I was worried because obviously the Bournemouth game, which would have been a great game for me against, you know, another Premier League team in the Carabao Cup was coming up and I knew because I played well, you know, at Barnet that I play and uh ended up getting back for that. It literally kind of pushed back for that and I, I played with big strap on on my knee. I had played for, for four weeks and I was chucked straight into that game and um hundred and twenty minutes, you know, of that level and that pace was was a lot and yeah, it was a that was a great night for me and I really enjoyed it. And um I think after that then I was um on the bench quite a, quite a few times for the in the Prem and stuff and I felt, you know, it could have been getting closer and closer and obviously then January's coming around the window and I felt, you know, could get a good loan move here or if the gaffer wants to keep me in, you know, I might get my get my debut at the end of the season or and uh ended up doing my knee and um Initially, I didn't didn't know how bad it was because I got a scan on my knee and um, they told me that I'd done a bit of damage at the back because obviously kind of semi dislocated and comes back in. So, uh, but after I think it was five or six weeks, my aim was to try and get back for the FA Cup because FA Cup was coming around January time, I think, and uh, so I didn't make that. Obviously, in five or six weeks in, my um. I felt like a loose body going around, going around my knee. So it was like a bone or a fragment floating around my knee, and kept getting caught and jammed in uh, in my knee. And I got rescan and um, physios. Well, when I was telling the physios, they were looking at me like, you know, I don't know what's wrong with them, like because they couldn't couldn't find the fragment, and it was only in a certain position. If I put my knee, that the the fragment would literally pop out, and I'd have to hold it there for and call a physio open without over without without moving and um to show them that you know i'm not talking shy basically that there's fucking something going around my knee you know and so i got a rescan and obviously you know it showed up that there was a big kind of fragment that had been taken away from my knee so i needed like a little bit of key keyhole to sort me out for that and how so you were out 15 months from from that knee injury yeah. basically so um i came back from my knee about seven months, I would say, 
seven or eight months I came back training and it was pre-season so physios worked hard to get me back and I did a pre-season did all the conditioning did all the tests and stuff and my knee was fine and I think it was the third day into training where um, I felt literally felt my knee go and I pulled out of training thinking like you know I felt it come out and move it's a weird movement it's hard to describe how it feels but um and it's a lot of pain when it happens but uh carried on anyway because the physios obviously were thinking I was fine and they thought I might be a bit in my head you know where I wouldn't be 100% committed and trusting it and uh literally put my foot on top of a ball going for a tackle and my knee just semi-dislocated again and that was it really so I mean it was it was frustrating because my summer I was kind of just wishing away wishing away the summer because obviously I was six seven months out of football and I just wanted to get back and then went to the, the surgeon and he obviously said that I need a big off and uh, stabilise me. So at that point, what were you, what were you thinking as a young player? Because you're only 18 at this point. Um, you know, you, you'd mentioned there, yeah, you, you said your head was in the bin. So it must be so, like watching your mates, because obviously you had you know, Aaron and Dan and, and they're out playing and I'm sure they were doing well. So it must have been wrecking your head, not in a bad way, but just frustrated because he couldn't play, not in a jealous type of way. I just mean, yeah, 100%. Um, I just felt you know, gutted. I felt why me, you know, the kind of blame game where I felt you know, my career was just start, starting really because I've made my debut and you know, I knew I'd probably get a long move to League One, League Two, maybe and um, try and kick start my career. But um, yeah, I was devastated because and the, the physios fair were devastated as well because they worked really hard with me and um. I remember actually coming in after doing my knee and I knew that I was fucked basically because yeah it was bad and um, I remember the physio there and I remember just crying my eyes out to the physio and I remember Richie Terrell actually walking past and coming over and giving me a big hug and just saying you know it'd be alright and all but I think yeah I was just young and gutted and just thought that I wouldn't, wouldn't get back on the pitch really. But that's like totally natural for for a young man to feel like that. Um, but during that time, how did you find bouncing back? Did you, you obviously had good people around you. How was it for you mentally? Because it sounds like it was a really horrible time. You know, you're going you're playing the Carabao Cup, um, you know, doing really well. As you say passing your driving tests, and then you got this kind of. You had the injury, a setback. Then it was mo- more months out. Then another setback. How how were you coping throughout this? Like mentally, did you have people around you? I know you have Aaron and and and, and Dan and, and probably Shane and Richie, but from a family point of view, did your family come over, kind of help you out and stuff like that, or anything like that? Or what way was things happening for you? Yeah, look, the club, the club, and everyone were uh, brilliant with me, you know. And the family, obviously, there wasn't a lot they could do, obviously, because you know they're in Ireland and it's hard to get flights and stuff, you know, and you know they have to work and different things, but um. Yeah, it was mentally just training because with me and the physio, you know, they gave me targets to kind of hit and could never hit the targets. And I was always, you know, weeks behind and they were saying, oh, we're aiming to get you back this time, this period. And I kept missing them, missing them. And I remember the under-19 Euros with, with Ireland were um, in March, I think. And so obviously when I had my keyhole surgery, we were saying, right, March, you know. That's when we're looking at, and then obviously miss March, and then it was right. We try to get you a few games before the end of the season. Missed that, you know, because obviously it wasn't there. My knee was, was still wasn't good, and then 
again, you know, pre-season, they were saying, look, we'll get you back pre-season, 100%, you'll be back and everything will be fine. And then obviously pre-season, you know, it was just setback after setback and it just kept getting drained and my hopes were kind of keep getting up for no reason. And just, yeah, in the end, just drained me. But it should you know, make you proud, the fact that you bounced back so well. And, you know, look, I, I don't want to skip too far ahead, but look how far you're, or look how well you're doing now coming from then. Yeah, look, I think it's, uh, I've been back since last February. So this is my first full season, really, of um, football. And, uh, yeah, I'm really proud and really happy with how it went. So uh, the knee's been good now. And I'll touch wood to say it like that. But, um, just been working hard with my knee stuff and building strength around it just to make sure, you know, and keep on top of it. But, um, yeah, I've been, been proud to get back. And obviously, you can't thank physios and the people at Brighton that, that have helped me the most, you know, 23s coaches and, you know, the academy and even the gaffer, you know, Chris Hewitt at the time were brilliant with me. And, yeah, good people around me at Brighton. And I think I was lucky, you know, that happened while I was signed at Brighton because. Obviously, they're just really good, good people, and they look after. Well, I can see you. You know, you've signed two new contracts this season alone, and I think you said to me off air you, you've signed five since you've been there. But I can see why you want to stay there, especially when you're at your probably lowest point. The fact that they still stuck by you. Yeah, they're brilliant, you know, and um, yeah, I think I'm on the fifth contract now, and it shows, you know, that. You know, they, they rate me as a player and as a person and they kind of value you, I suppose. So, um, yeah, there's been a lot of people there that have helped me so much, you know, just to be a better person and a player. And um, it's a very good club and it's quite a, quite a close club, you know. And, yeah, I really enjoy it, enjoy my time there. It seems like a very kind of family type club. That's the impression I get from the outside looking in. Yeah, it is. Yeah, just all the boys and, you know, every member of staff, you kind of, you know, you get on well with and you can have a laugh with and, you know, from the from the teachers to the dinner ladies and all, you know, we all, all the 23 boys have, have a laugh with them and all. Yeah, it, was, it was a good place to kind of develop into a player there and, you know, especially with the Irish boys and stuff there as well. So it was really good. Yeah, well, you touched on the Irish boys there. That was kind of what I was getting to next. Um, talk to me a little bit about, you know, the, the Toulon tournament and since Stephen Kenny's kind of come in there, uh, how much have you been enjoying it? Because he's been bringing true players. The results have been really good. And you just seem like he's a love and life when he's playing out there. It just seems to be really free. Yeah, literally since uh, since day one, absolutely buzzing. I remember um, Stephen actually came to me first 45 minutes back after my 15-month injury, you know, and uh, against Man City away with the 23s. And uh, I remember talking to him afterwards and he was just all... You know, filling you with confidence, and he was uh, he was delighted really with how, how we were doing. I think myself, Warren O'Hara, Tori Wilson were playing. He had a chat with all of us after, and it was a, it was a few weeks after that, I think um, where they now announced the team, the first under twenty one group for uh, for our Euro qualifier against Luxembourg at home. And um, fair, I was um, I was just wasn't being squad after being out for so long, and I was thinking. I didn't even think I'd start for going into the going into the team. I thought he might just have me have me in for the for the future because I was literally just back a couple of weeks, you know, from being a long time out. And then obviously when I was in there, he, he said to me, you know, I think it was two days before the game. He goes, uh, "How do you feel about Captain and 
game. And I was, yeah, I was just over the moon. I was buzzing. I couldn't, couldn't believe, you know, after obviously 15 months out and then straight away he says, you know, want wanted to captain the boys out for the game. And yeah, since then he's been, he's been brilliant. And I think it's shown for, for our results how well we've done with the, the 21s group. It's been really positive. And see, I don't know, you might be a bit modest here, but, you know, since you, you've taken the captain's arm, I think your game's gone up a level and, uh, you know, you do seem to be the heartbeat of the team there. Now, you may not admit that, but I know, and a lot of other fans have said it from watching you, like, you really set the tone in the midfield there and you cover every play of the grass. I was probably brought up, brought up to give it your all, you know, and just run your socks off and that's pretty much my game anyway, you know, just giving everything and leaving it all out on the pitch like so I think yeah that's pretty much what I'm what I'm involved in and uh got really good players, you know, and I think my my job is to give it to them players like, you know, you have Aaron, left wing, Troy, Adam Oida, some really good players, good attacking players with the with the twenty threes and you know, you give them the ball and at that level of what they're doing, you know, they can they can really shine and we've seen that a number of occasions with we're attacking options now with the 21s, and they've been brilliant. Yeah, defence isn't bad either, or the midfield, to be fair. But um, just with Stephen, what's he been like? As Aaron Connolly said, you know, he's already noticed an improvement with yourself through him. But what's he like as a man manager for you, and how would you say he's changed, helped change your game? Yeah, I think he's uh, he's demanded probably a lot more for me in, um, in what he wants me to do, I think. And, uh, you know, he's always trying to challenge me and, give me kind of freedom to play as well you know he fills you with so much confidence and belief and you, you can you can tell he just really believes in you from from the way he goes about and his man management is really good and um, for me personally he's been great and he's given me license just to get up and down the pitch and try to score a goal too and just set the tone like you said I think just um, get about people around the pitch and set the tempo for the rest of the team to kind of follow. Yeah, well, you must have really enjoyed the, I suppose, the the under twenty one campaign up to date because there's some great results there. And I remember speaking to you, I think it was after the Italy game, and you know a lot of the players were they they weren't happy just settling for uh, a point. They felt like we should have won that game against Italy, which was a great positive sign for kind of the future, the mentality of not being afraid to go out against the so called superior nation um, oh. and not no fear basically. Definitely, yeah. I think um, even from the two long term, I think the way uh, the gaffer set us up and how positive he was, we were against Brazil. You know, we were going out against Brazil and they had millions and millions of pounds worth of players, like and uh, some top, top players playing in the top leagues around the world, you know. And um, he set us out just to go for it. And I think we did all, did pretty well, you know, and we'd done Ireland proud, like against a team like Brazil. And um, same goes for the Italy game, you know, they had some top players as well, top upcoming players and, um, you know, I think that's the gaffer all over, he just, he's a winner really and he's just obsessed with winning and I think that's that's the main goal for him and I think it's rubbed off well on us that, you know, just because we're, we're little Ireland, you know, it doesn't mean we can't beat some big nations and really do something special, so. Yeah, well that kind of brings me to the, to the next thing I was going to say to you, he's obviously now He's became the Ireland manager, which was obviously going to be a natural progression either way. But how much are you uh, looking forward to seeing him as the Ireland manager? And I'm sure that'll boost your chances of 
possibly getting into the squad because of, you know, a lot of fans have been hoping that you'll get in there. I'm sure that's your aim to eventually get into that team and, and stay there. Yeah, obviously you need to aim high and uh, be lying if you said I didn't want to, you know, play for me country. You know, I didn't want to play sooner rather than later, you know. And it's definitely the aim for me the next the next year, you know, hopefully football gets back quick and I know as well, you know, I need to play at club level and need to be playing at a good level to to, you know, get in, into the Ireland team. So it's no good me having a good season this year and, you know, the gap are going up now, I need to kinda of, Make sure I continue to play at a, at a good level, and um, hopefully, yeah. Look, I think it's it's a breath of fresh air sort of thing for for the gaffer to be taken over, and I think it's going to be exciting to see see what happens now and the different style of football that that's going to be on show. And do you think the fact that so many of you have came up together now that? Uh... You just pretty much know each other's game. Now, obviously, as you mentioned there, you know, everyone has to be doing well at club level, which I think Stephen pointed out a few times in, in interviews and stuff um, that so many of the players weren't playing first-team football before the third-down tournament. After that, so many of them are playing in the first team now at the clubs. Yeah, I think it's that recognition for everyone. Um, you know, people recognise that we're doing well now and, you know, we've got a good, good manager who really... Gave us the license and freedom to express ourselves and, and play football how, how we wanted to play, really, you know. And literally, everyone was just given the absolute freedom to just do what you please on the pitch. And that was really refreshing since the first day. But, um, yeah, since this season, I think it's been a breakthrough for a lot of the 21s. You know, you have obviously Troy, Aaron, Adam Oida, you know, the attacking options of a family. You know, the boys playing the Premier League and then you have lads playing League One Championship week in, week out. So it's really positive for Irish uh, football coming up and hopefully we all keep it up and continue to play. I think the best thing about it is, is that there's so many coming through. And Lee, uh, Leo Connor said, you know, the strength of depth is brilliant. But when you kind of add that to what's already in the squad as well, it is exciting, in my opinion, as a fan for what could possibly be coming in the next couple of years? Yeah, I think definitely, you know, and I think people get carried away with the, the attacking boys, you know, and there's a lot of focus on them and a lot of pressure, but um, I, I don't know, you see our defence with the with the 21s as well has been rock solid and, you know, our goalkeeper to the back four have been brilliant and, you know, you have Darren Connor who've played in championship now and done really well when they have played and, you know, it's positive to see and Lee has gone on to play first team football as well. So it's um, it's really, really good and so many positive things, you know, positive signs that all areas look like people are doing well. Yeah, we're all excited for the future anyway. Um but this season, um you obviously came on loan to Millwall for the season, you signed your contract with Brighton and then you were straight off to, to Millwall to get um mm. First team football. I imagine that was that was the goal. And what was it like from day one getting into the dressing room from your own perspective? Yeah, it was a bit nerve wracking. Not gonna lie, you know, um, set me me goals quite high. I could have probably went to, you know, Scottish Prem or League One, and you know maybe have a better chance of playing more games. But I want to try and challenge myself and play the highest level of good. So uh, went to went to the Championship for for a first loan, which um, was a big move for me and. Uh, boys there as one of a kind you know I couldn't even tell you how good good the dressing room is and I told you you wouldn't believe me how, um, how close it is and boys are brilliant and especially the Irish boys as well you know you have 
Piercy, you know, Shane Ferguson's Northern Irish, and then you have Aidan O'Brien and uh, Sean Williams, who are been excellent with me as well. So it's just a really good club and a, a great group. Yeah, well, I know you're very, very close with, with Sean Williams, and, and he can't speak, you know, anything but good things about you. Really seems to like you. I said you'd probably be friends forever. Um, but what was it like when you came in and, you know, the dress room there, did he come and put an arm around you? Because I read somewhere that you were kind of a bit daunted when you went into the dressing room. Because you think about Millwall, it, it, it is a, it's a big club, like, and to go in there, I imagine it would have been nerve-wracking, as you said. Yeah, I think it was probably more nerve-wracking just with the, the perception you have in Millwall as a football club. You know, you think they're all going to be sort of a bit mad in there, but they're not. They're just really great lads and hard-working lads. And as a club, I think it's unbelievable club you know some really really good people working there and some yeah excellent people working in and around the football club and uh yeah as far as willow goes i think willow's been brilliant with me you know since since i first came in he just did put his arm around me and make sure i was all all right and you know first thing was exchange he did was exchange numbers and just said if you need anything just let me know but um since then he's been he's been good with me on the pitch as well you know you have days where, you know, we just, if you're off it slightly, he'll pick you back up and make sure, you know, he give you a kick up the arse sort of thing. And he just look at you and, I don't know, he just makes me laugh the way he is on the pitch. And he just look at you and dead seriously just asking you if you're all right, like, is everything all right at home and stuff? He'd use that phrase and just to make sure I have a bit of banter with me, but he'd be serious at the same time, just trying to get the best out of me. But he's helped me a lot and... Oh, even there's stuff from his game that I really enjoy and how good he is on the ball and um, for his age, you know, uh, he's on the ball is unbelievable and he's probably the, one of the hardest people to get the ball off and train because he just, he has a, a gift for kind of hiding the football and he's yeah, technically very good. I thought that, now when I watched him playing against Poland, I thought, you know, I said, how is this fella not been getting into the squad uh, more? Like, I, I really didn't get it. I thought he played really, really well. I said that to him, but he wouldn't really, uh, he he wouldn't take it as a compliment. I don't think he's doing it taking compliments. Nah, he's probably a bit too too modest for it. But um, uh, from what I've seen anyway, you know, he's got, got a bit of everything, you know, he's, he's good on the ball, you know, he's got good feet and score you know he's proven that for Millwall this season as well as every other season really with Millwall he's he scored a lot of goals for Millwall from midfield which is which is very good but he's he's a really good player yeah and I just yeah I have looked up to him since I went in and probably trying to take a few things from his game to, to improve on as well yeah well he seems like a great lad to be learning off to be fair so you just but this season um we know everything's going on with the virus and stuff like that so I don't want to go into that but up until that point, you were probably playing your best football of your career and the stuff at international level under 21s was going really well. Your football at Millwall was, was really good. And did you do you really uh, notice, I suppose, the how much the fans have taken to you, both at Ireland and Millwall? Because, you know, there's lots and lots of noise coming that you should have been picked in the last squad. Now, it obviously never came out what the squad was, but... The fact that you're making a lot of, of waves, you must be happy with, I suppose, when the injury happened and everything like that, you must have been yeah. thinking, when am I going to get my break? And now, you're, you know, people really, really like you. And maybe that's down to the way you play and you leave everything on the field. And people love those types of players. But 
you're definitely a fan's favourite of both an Irish side of things and Millwall. Yeah, I think uh, some probably similarities between Ireland and Millwall. You know, I think you know the fans are very passionate and they're, they're hardworking class people. You know, and uh, all they want to see is you give them hundred percent on the pitch. And I think that's just the type of player I am. You know, and at Millwall, I've probably shown that. You know, just run my socks off and get around. You know, put tackles in and yeah, it's been absolutely buzzing. And it, you know, you want to do well and as long as your your manager and your teammates are happy with you that's all that matters really but um it's obviously a bonus if the fans are you know happy with what they're seeing from you as well because that's a big thing you know and i suppose you'd rather be that way than the other way but then today's it's only a bonus you know just hoping the gaffer and my teammates are, are happy with what i'm doing so yeah it sounds like your mentality um, from a young lad to a man has really changed this year. Not that I knew you when you were a young lad, but you're just seem to me more kind of goal orientated and you're you're fixated on basically not feeling like you've made it. That's basically the way I'm trying to put it to you. Not at all, no. At the start of my career, you know, I think we played uh, 30-something games you know, in my career and it's just a start really and it'd be foolish to think that you know, you've, you've made as a footballer because you play a certain amount of games. And um, it's just been my first season. But, yeah, I look, want to aim high and hopefully get in, get in the Ireland team sooner or later and want to have a have a good career. And, um, yeah, and everything that comes along with it then is a bonus. But I um, just want to play football and play as many games as I can. That's, that's definitely there. OK, well, that kind of just brings me to my last point is uh you know, we don't know what's going to happen with the with the virus and everything like that. But uh, if next season is to start fresh, um, you know, pre-season and everything like that, what what is the goals for next season? Uh, obviously. And I, I, just before you, you you touch on it, and the reason I say that is because the Euros has been pushed back. Stevens now in the kind of hot yeah. seat as well, so there is more of a chance and more, I suppose. Uh, how am I going to put this? Uh, the carrot at the end of the stick. That's what I'm trying to say. I don't know what you're saying there. So, yeah. no, what I'm saying is the carrot at the end of the stick. You know, uh, yeah, the yeah. Greyhounds. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. Um, so, the know. Euros is the carrot at the end of the stick, if you get yeah. me. Yeah. Um, fair. I've always been, well, I haven't always been, but I've tried to uh, focus in my mind in what's going on now, present, you know what I mean? Because I think if you, if you drift too far into the future, you know, you just get confuse yourself and you don't really focus on what's happening now so all I've been focusing on is hopefully finishing the season you know and um, hopefully get promoted with Millwall because that's the aim you know two points off the playoffs and we've been on a good run and I think it was obviously unfortunate time when it did happen obviously this virus and stuff where we're on a good run and we're just putting pressure on the, the top six really and uh, then further from that yeah obviously the Euros would be be a dream for, for any young Irish player, you know, just to, to experience the Euro Championships at, at 21 would be would be unbelievable and probably do me well for the rest of my career. But um, yeah, hopefully next year play play in the Premiership and hopefully Brighton, you know, want want me to play in the Prem for them. So that's a, that's the goal then. Yeah, well, all going well. Um, you know, the the league res- resumes somehow and maybe you can get. Millwall up to the Premier League 
Uh, that'll be a lovely little send-off, and then you can play them maybe next season with Brighton, and both sets of fans love you. Yeah, look, I'm just hoping that Brighton and uh, Millwall are both in the Premier League next year. That'd be the, the dream, and um, be absolutely buzzing, yeah, because uh, you know, I love the two clubs already, and you know Millwall have given me my first chance at, uh, at league football, so um, yeah, it'd be brilliant to see them both in the Premier next season. But right, Jay. Well, I just want to say a huge thanks for taking the time out to to have a chat with us. I know, even through these circumstances, you're still a busy man. So much appreciated, and uh, it's been great. It's been really worth the wait. So thank you. Yeah, cheers, Paul. Cheers for having me. Appreciate. No problem. Anyone who's uh, listening to this on the podcast or watching on YouTube, make sure to give the video a like. Make sure to follow Jay on Twitter at j underscore malumbi fifteen. Is that it? Yeah, you got it there. Yeah. Boom. Because I have to put it in the overlay. But uh, make sure to go and follow him on Twitter and uh, keep up to date with Jay. Uh, huge thanks again, Jay. Top man. And uh, look forward to succeeding playing football soon. Cheers, Paul. Top man. Appreciate it.